welcome back to the Lady Girl Podcast. We're your lady girls. I'm Courtney. I'm Cassie. And we're so glad you're here. This is season one, episode 10 of the Lady Girl Podcast. Into the double digits, everybody. Big day for us. Sorry, I'm drinking water. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, double digits. We've got it. We're finally breaking the barrier. For all the listeners, we're going to have to rebrand our Instagram because um, if you didn't know, every time we post, we basically are in this theme right now where we're just kind of like posting the same like front picture and then blooper videos. Um, And I have to spell out the um, like numbers numbers each time and those like balloon letters. And um, I'm not going to be doing it when it's like 37. It's like not gonna be a thing. So we're gonna try to figure out what to do with our Instagram. We want our social media to be more of a part of doing the podcast, but we just kind of like we've had a few ideas and then we've both been so busy that like we haven't been able to implement anything yet. So like hopefully we'll be able to start doing that. The hard part of it making it work is like figuring out because like social media on its own is a job. Like Instagram on its own is a job. And it's trying to figure out what do we want it to look like? What are we going to post? What are we, what do people even want to see? Right. So yeah. That's the I hard think part. It's also more difficult because neither of us really post on our own personal Instagrams. Uh, I do like Instagram stories now, but other than that, uh, I don't think I've posted anything since 28, early 2018 on my Instagram. And then I don't think I posted anything on my stories. Once I did for your birthday. Yeah. And then everything else has just been with the podcast release. That's it. But, you know, if anyone has any ideas, let us know. Otherwise, stay tuned for potential social media um, switch-ups. Hopefully. We can't guarantee. <laughs> but, it was hard to get where we are today. And, and now we're going to have to move past that. But it's going to be a real struggle. Yeah. Um. Okay. So... Let's get into like the weekly recap. Um, how's your week? Well, just started. But last week was, um, I don't know. I haven't done anything. I've just been like sitting for the bar, which takes up like seven hours a day. And I don't do anything. Um, today I went and got my second vaccine. So I left my apartment. <laughs> um, to go get a shot to come back. But I was, I did a lot of stuff. I went to a gas station. I got gas. <laughs> oh, wow. So exactly. Package at the UPS store. How, how are you feeling after your second dose? I mean, my arm hurts. My arm hurts so bad. I think it's like unnatural how much my arm hurts. Oh, weird. Afterwards, I don't know why. But I got, I got my ibuprofen on deck to take every four hours. <laughs> That's so funny. I am. I've been fully vaccinated for a while now, like over a month, but I didn't have any symptoms. I was just like a little tired, but oh no, I feel I, like you're gonna be okay. I just get like super exhausted and I have this like looming headache, and then like my body aches. Oh, you okay. gotta, you gotta push through it. I got, I have to push through it. So there's, yeah, no you just got it. There's no like take it back now. <laughs> no, but I'm talking about like I, I can't just like lay in my bed all day and be like, 
I don't want to, I don't want to do anything. So I gotta, you know, I gotta push through the, I feel awful. But one funny thing was I went to get my vaccine and they asked me how I felt after I got the first one. Mm -hmm. And I was like, my arm hurt really bad, but I had like a headache. And then I felt gross right before I went to bed. And when I say I feel gross, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah, like, like, yeah, not well. Yeah, yeah. He was like, "You feel gross." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, like I had a headache and my body was achy and I was like really tired." He was like, yeah. "Oh," he was like, "I thought you meant like you felt gross." I was like, "Bro, you took a shower. That's not a vaccine problem." <laughs> that is so funny. I'd imagine like someone who like maybe doesn't use that phrase being like, "What do you mean?" <laughs> what? He was yeah. And he was like, well, this time you may have some more problems because that's not the extent of the the vaccine symptoms. Um, You okay? Stop drinking it, For the listeners. (laughs) Sorry, we have to get ourselves together. Basically, I was on the phone with Cassie right before we were about to start. I was going to do it in my study rooms downstairs in my apartment, but I I don't talk very loud in there, and so we didn't want the audio to be messed up because a couple episodes ago, I had to do it in there, and the audio was weird. So anyway, now I'm back in my apartment. But I've been feeling so, like, dizzy and stuff today, and I don't know why. Like, I've eaten and all sorts of things. So I got liquid IV to because I'm like, maybe it's a dehydration problem. And that stuff is nasty. <laughs> so Gassy keeps laughing at me because I keep trying to take drinks of it and I keep making terrible faces. Well, it's one is a nasty flavor. It's passion fruit. It's the worst flavor possible. And two, it's, I hate things. Okay, water has a texture. Yeah. And water has a texture depending on the temperature it is served as well. I agree with that. And this makes your water like thick. <laughs> but anyway I feel like I need it because I don't know why I'm just like not feeling very good today but anyway um my week last week was good it was big week I finished law school that's right you did yeah. <laughs> um I had my last exam on Thursday I was gonna do it Friday but I was like you know what I can't do this anymore so I ended up just doing it on Thursday um went out and celebrated with my group of friends from law school which was really nice and um yeah I got some sad news this week though so it was kind of not a good week either if that makes sense yeah you've had a hard-hitting month of May I was gonna say you've had a hard-hitting month of May um I lost my grandmother so I'm sure people listening deal with like grief and loss and all that stuff too. So like, that's been tough. So while it's exciting to finish law school um, and have all of that happening, it's just kind of like, there's a lot going on in life right now. And so I don't know, I'm feeling like weird. It's almost like bittersweet. Like you want to be able to celebrate it, but you're like, I can't really. Yeah. But because of all of it, I wasn't like able to go to her funeral, which I feel like terrible about. But I was able to go to it virtually, so that was good. Um, And, yeah, but my parents are coming on Wednesday. Today's Monday. We're recording the podcast late again. Whoops. (laughs) 
Um, and so they're coming on Wednesday, which I feel good about because at least I get to see my dad and, you know, stuff like that, which is, um, that was his mom. So I wanted to like be with him and stuff, you know, but I'll see him in two days. So that'll be good. Um, so yeah. Okay. This episode is just kind of dedicated to like how we're feeling right now as law school graduates. Like that's crazy how we're feeling about bar prep, how we kind of just feel in general about grad school and this weird stage of life right now where we're technically like professionals. We have Juris Doctor degrees and that's weird. It's strange. It's strange. It's like um I was trying to explain it to my mom the other day because she was like, You should be excited that you graduated. Because I've already done my graduation thing, like my diploma's on its way here. So I'm like, I'm through. I got oh my god. Quick aside, I got my mail the other day when I came back from the grocery store. Uh-huh. And it had a letter in it and it said Florida Board of Bar Examiners. Oh, freaking. My heart like dropped because I was like, they could be rejecting my application. Yeah. And if they reject my application, then I have to submit it again, which will cost me another like $700 because I have to pay a late fee. And so I, I've never ripped some, the people at the thing were like, who's this crazy girl? She just opened her mailbox and now she's like ripping open letters. But it was another evil, which is it was my bar exam admissions ticket. Yeah. So it is stuck here. It's on yellow paper, staring me in the face. We have a golden ticket. Golden ticket. Um, and it's like, you can't do this. You can't do that. But it makes graduation not as special because yeah. I have this looming thing. Because as soon before I graduated, I had already applied for the bar yeah. and did all that, and then I immediately started studying for the bar. And I graduated in the middle of all of that. And my mom was like, "You should be excited. You know, you finished law school. That's such a big feat." And I was like, "Mom, it's such a small part of the grand scheme of everything." that I won't be able to appreciate the fact I've graduated until the Florida Supreme Court gives me that certificate that says I've passed the bar exam. Well, it's this weird thing because you can go to law school and not take the bar. And some people do that and like, that's okay. But like the path we've chosen is to practice. And so like, I feel the exact same way. Like everyone's like, oh my God, you just finished law school. Like, that's so crazy. It was three years of like, hell how do you feel and I'm like what do you mean I started bar prep (laughs) (laughs) like I don't know (laughs) and it's it's not that bar prep is necessarily like it's not as difficult as school obviously but it's just like so much work and it takes so long (laughs) I don't know bar prep is is just full like trauma it's just trauma like that's what I will equate it as as full-time basically like I had this friend who like wanted to hang out with me and they're like oh can we hang out like you're done with school and finals now like can we hang out tonight I'm like no like it's Monday like I can't hang out they're like oh why not I'm like I'm doing bar prep like I can't like what do you mean they're like oh doesn't that just take like an hour to a day no 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 
No, it's like eight hours. <laughs> I to give everyone perspective, the Barbary course that I'm taking tells you how many hours you have to study a day until you take the exam. It gives you something until the very last day. So that Monday morning, you have work to do. And I started it three weeks early. Yeah. I have six hours a day to do. Yeah. And it adds time on no matter if I go above it or below it. I get hours added on every day. So it's like, I also have like, I'm crazy. And I have like a checklist of everything I need to do for the week, which psychotic. This is my week. This is week two. Um, And yeah, I have to check everything off because on the thing, it disappears. So you don't know what you've done and how far you've gone. So it's hard to keep up with stuff. You're learning the essays and stuff. Not the essays. The lectures is just like a small part of it, which is nice because they're very long. Yeah. But the there's still so much stuff to do. Yeah. I'm doing a different program. I'm doing famous, which they're like whatever. Yeah, they're comparable. Comparable. And um yeah, it's just it's the worst. <laughs> Basically you start off at like uh six hours and then getting closer and closer to the exam you literally increase like nine hours a day and my bar prep mentor person told me to do 12 and I just like don't know if that's feasibly possible for my brain but um we're gonna see how it goes I will say that the longest the most I've done is eight and a half and one is eight and a half and I will say five is five is your limit five is your limit because then you stop retaining things so just like why I keep going I don't know I'm gonna I'm treating it like a job so I'm gonna go from nine to six every day and then um give myself Saturdays as like a day to not do anything and then keep it low-key on Sundays but then like be like really persistent throughout the week yeah that's good I always leave something I don't know it's difficult I think that's the weird thing about like graduating from law school and then wanting to like take the bar exam because though our degree is not useless, it's useless to us because it's not what we want to do. And in order for us to use our degree and do what we want to do, we have to pass this exam, which yeah. is, it's not just, I think it's a weird thing because the bar exam is not just the test. Right. It's like the exam, which is different. We're taking different ones. You're taking the UBE and I'm taking the Florida State Bar plus the multi-state bar. Yep. And so it's different. We're learning different things and sometimes kind of the same things. And then you also have to do like a character and fitness portion of it where you fill out all these documents and mail them in and they read them and decide whether you can even get admitted based on that stuff. And then you also have like the professional exam, the professional responsibility exam. You have like all these moving parts. You have all these different little things you have to do to then like qualify to take the test so like in New York you have to take the professional responsibility exam you have to take the New York law exam you have to have 90 hours of community service or pro bono hours Uh and then like you have to submit character and fitness where you submit all these people on like they contact them to make sure like you're eligible to pass the bar and then maybe if you pass the actual exam, which is two days, six hour days, they'll admit you. Maybe. 
maybe. I love it too. I love, I love that maybe we have the discretion to confirm nor deny. And it's yeah. crazy the stuff, the character and fitness um, that they'll kick you out on. There are people that have had something from a long time ago or something that they did in the bar. Sometimes the bar is supposed to let you explain. But I know depending on whatever the offense is, Florida will not let you explain it. They will automatically deny it. So if anything that shows that you have like a past crime, like you committed a crime, that well, will crime is hard out. because it depends on the crime. But if you do something that shows like untruthfulness, untruthfulness or a, like a serious like act of like malice yeah. or something, then yeah, they won't let you in. That's crazy. Um, but anyway, how, so like, we both kind of feel the same way. Like, we're not really sure how we're feeling. Like, we, it's like, whoa, we graduated. That's cool. My family's coming here to celebrate. I think that's going to be nice. But I'll, at the same time, it's just like, I love that they're coming, but that's like five days now that I can't study for the bar. So it puts me five days behind on my program, which means I have more time latched on to every day. So it's just like, a give and take in this situation um but in general I actually have um a few friends who I was talking to about this the other day who are considering going to law school and I wonder what you think would you recommend to someone who's considering it I think you need to have a little bit of a reality check before you go to law school in the essence of you need to know what law like practicing law is yeah. what kind of law you want to practice too a lot of people go into law school thinking I'm gonna be a litigator so what I'm gonna do I'm gonna litigate which is like going into the courtroom arguing. Yep. that's what they think they're gonna be they don't realize there are transactional attorneys there are attorneys that literally their whole job is to write contracts there are in-house attorneys there are you can be a negotiator you can do negotiations you can do arbitrations you can do all kinds of different things. You can be a clerk, like a judicial clerk, which could get you to becoming a judge. Like there are all kinds of other things of law that you can do with a law degree. You can so, also get a law degree and never take the bar, but depending on your career, it can really help you advance. So like there's some people who like work in banking and finance and then they go to law school and then that like advances their career in that field. So like there's all sorts of different options when it comes to getting a JD. But I think the way, this is what I said to them. Okay. I agree. I, I essentially said that same thing, but then I was just like, you know how every person you ever worked for, like if you did like an internship or a professor, you were like, should I go to law school? And they always were like, no, no. Everybody yeah. always tells you no. It was such a thing. Like all my internships in college were at law firms and stuff. And everybody was like, don't go. And I just always like brushed it off. Like I was like, oh, whatever. Like they're just not telling the truth. They're telling the truth. No. <laughs> like there's no way to comprehend what happens in law school unless you do it. So like, that's really hard to explain, but like there's so much work to do that for three years of your life, you never have a day where you're not thinking about like being in law school. Like, there's no, like, breaks, you know what I mean? Like, you're always reading, you're always, like, on edge about, like, what you should be doing for class. Law school is just constantly being on edge. Yeah. That's, that's law school. It's just but constantly, like... I, 
I think if you're passionate about it and it's something you really want to do, then go for it. Like, obviously you can survive. Like there, I mean, how we did it. And then like, there's also people who like probably should never be lawyers who become lawyers. Like, you know, like you can do it and there's not saying you can't, but like, you do have to kind of sacrifice a lot of things um, for it. I think that's true. I think that's a good, I mean, like, yeah, like you said, everybody I've talked to before I went to law school was like, are you sure it's going to suck? And then they're like, you're going to go to law school and it's not going to prepare you for the bar and the bar is not going to prepare you to practice and you're going to get out there and you're not going to know anything, which is also true. That's why they asked you to like intern (laughs) because you won't know how to practice law by the time you leave or take the bar exam. So there's like that double-edged sword but I think, I think, I really, this is probably going to be something everyone's going, oh, but I think law school is character building. Oh, 100%. No, I agree. Uh, I th- 100%. It's, <laughs> I remember one day sitting there with one of my friends, we had finished our appellate arguments, which our school makes us do, which is just like a mock Supreme Court trial. Yep. Same. And we left and I said, we were just hazed. I was like, that was full, like, that's fully hazing. They, yeah. they fully hazed us. This is why it was, um, this is why it was hazing, was because when we were done with our oral arguments, we got to come back in and they got to tell us what we did wrong, yep. what we did right. A judge is not, I mean, a judge can, and some of them will, tell you to either, A, never do that again, and they'll tell you in front of everybody, but they're not going to sit there and be like, your shoulders were slouched. I didn't like the way your face was. I didn't like this about you. I wish you would have worn a different color because this makes you look cold. Like th- that's the things that they said. They were like, I didn't like how you said this word because it just made me feel like I didn't like it. I mean, one of my friends, one of the judges told her she looks like a bitch. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so I would have voted no. And it's like, you can't do that. <laughs> that doesn't do anything and then afterwards she was like I don't want to practice law ever again and that's what they told us they were like this is your make it or break it some of you will never want to litigate ever again after today I think it's a good thing because it does I like already knew but like it does I think the people who are questioning it requiring things like that in school makes you kind of like make your decisions on what actually you want to do so I see the point of it but I I agree it's it's pretty tough Um, it's also the worst case scenario it's the worst case scenario you can get judges aren't going to be like that they're not going to be like I agree I also think like beware of Socratic method um actually that's not common anymore Courtney mine was too but Harvard and all of them don't do it anymore so everyone's veering away which is unfair to all of us who were literally like I saw people cry from the Socratic. It's like so terrible because basically for those who don't know what that is, um, it's like anyone's on call. So they call it cold calling and a professor will walk in the door and say, third tell, tell me the facts of the case or Mm -hmm. ask you to analyze something analytically or whatever. And you just never know if it's going to be you that day. Or if you're going to get called on for something that you maybe didn't read or you skimmed over, whatever. So therefore, it makes studying and like reading your cases and stuff when they already assign over like 500 pages on a weekend. (laughs) um, You have to 
really read them and like take a thousand notes, which is why anyone in law school studies like all the time. I had a professor, he, he is the scariest professor I've ever had. He's not the hardest professor I've ever had, but he is the scariest professor I've ever had. Uh-huh. And he did this thing. He did it when I took him in contracts and he did it when I took him in environmental because he always, he's, he calls it gamesmanship. You have to be able to play the game, which is like dark, but that's what they say. You have to be able to play the game. Yeah. He will come to class for the first month every day randomly in the middle of the semester he wouldn't show up he'd cancel he'd cancel for like a month and a half for six weeks you wouldn't have class what and when you return you are to have read everything between those six weeks because he will go through six weeks of reading in two hours that's crazy and I remember because he want all and then he'll just be like rule from this case and you if you can't say the rule in the whole day you're screwed. And he will scream at you. And he's like, did anybody read? Because I remember, I remember he called on me at environmental and we had been gone. He went to Europe for like six weeks. He went to Italy and he came back in. He was like, Brown, tell me what um, this word means. And I was like, it means this. And it was like, on because he was like starting from the back of the book to the front of the book to make sure that you read. And he went to someone else and they were like, okay, start reading where she left off. And they were like, we didn't read this. And he was like, it was assigned on the syllabus. You should have read it. And he kept going. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't have any professors do that. Um, We would have really argued if they had left for six weeks when you're paying money to go to school. But um, (laughs) the whole class. But he, yeah, he he would leave for a long period. That's crazy. No, we had some like pretty brutal ones. Like first year. Um, everyone took this one particular professor and we all said that we like would basically just have a heart attack every time we went to his class because it was like so terrifying to be in there and then it was crazy because it was just like this super super intense time and like you couldn't miss class like you were just like it was like you were running a marathon for two hours and um at the end of the semester he like broke down and gave this like really heartfelt speech and was like there's a reason I teach this way why I'm so hard on you blah 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 and you're like part of you understands like part of you hears what he's saying and you go that makes sense and I do agree that I feel like I am this better student because of this and part of you is like fuck you (laughs) there's no reason that I was that stressed out for an entire semester well, this, that past professor, the one who, like, made class super complicated, like, in contracts, on the last day, he said, I am your worst-case scenario, and I'm your worst-case scenario on purpose, yeah. because when you get in front of a judge later on, you can't cry. You can't say, I don't know. You can't do this, this, and this that you did with me, because they'll get mad at you and they'll kick you out of their courtroom. And he's like, so when I kick you out of my classroom for not doing it, like, this is your class. This is your one. I had a professor once who this kid was just, I mean, he was drowning. And he goes, you might as well just leave. And the kid's like, what? And he's like, you you might as well just leave. And like, the kid's like, literally had to leave class. <laughs> I was full storm out because they got a question wrong or 
one time I actually it was it was brought back to me today while I was studying because we had to do math in like contracts and I remember him going on a spiel once because some girl said I'm not good at math I can't do this mm-hmm. and he lost it he was like don't ever say you can't do math when somebody asks you to do something you figure out how to do it if you're not going to do it then what's the point of you even like being here you have like those horror stories and those things but then you also have like you have these other professors like I have a couple professors who really like changed the way I thought about things and were like very beneficial to like my I would say I would say my hardest the hardest professor I've ever taken was probably one of the best things that could have ever happened I took him twice which says yeah, that says a lot. Yeah, that's like, like teaching you something. Yeah, I took him twice. But the thing was, was like, he he was hard because he wanted a specific answer to every question and he was always 10 steps ahead. And in his class, he was not limited to the book. You had the whole universe. So if something was going on, he wanted you to answer the question whether you'd heard of it or not. And he just, but he always was like, you're capable of the answer. Yeah. Tell me. He was like patient. He wanted you to have the answer. He knew you knew it. Because I remember one day I was like, I don't know the answer. And he was like, yes, you do. Yes, you do. You will haven't been in my class this long if you don't know the answer. And then I was like, is it this? And he was like, yes. Yeah. You know the answer. You're capable. Sometimes you need like professors who will, who like will push you so that you can see your own like capabilities. Mm-hmm. Um. But that being said, that makes law school sound so scary. It's not because you go in as a bright-eyed little 1L and you're like, oh my God, this is so intense, whatever. And by the end of 1L, you're pretty like, okay, whatever. (laughs) Like, I can do this. And so then like your 2 and 3L years, like, yeah, the cold calls will happen. Yeah, you might still get a little nervous about them and stuff, but like, it's so much easier. And not like easier workload wise don't get me wrong I had way more work going my second year than I did ever when you first year but easier in the sense of like you know how to do it you know how to like read a case you know how to find a holding you know how to like make rule statements like all that kind of stuff so you're not like like you've learned the skill now you're just applying it whereas your first year you're like having to learn the skills too I also, yeah, I mean, that's true. You do get the hang of it by your second year, unless you go into like doing something random, like trial practice or like some kind of crazy class that's like really hard. But a lot of the time you're, you've gone through, you're starting to break up into smaller groups. So it's not as intimidating of being in these huge lecture halls with a bunch of people. Um, So it does get easier. I think the third year is like the most fun because that's usually, I, I think it's the most fun because you get to take the classes you really want to take. You're not hindered by like your recs or were you hindered by your recs? I wasn't hindered by my recs. Because uh, I took 17 hours all, I had like stupid amounts of credits. I wasn't hindered by, I guess, no, I guess I finished all my uh, required classes too well, but uh my non-required ones that I decided to take were quite difficult (laughs) I didn't didn't I was in like corporate finance and securities regulations and federal income tax and like 
those classes, which aren't like, right, like, 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 <laughs> like it's every law school they're red flags don't take those classes unless you want to no take them I I like I learned a lot and I learned a lot that I'm gonna need for my job so that is good but it is not as fun as like I had some friends who were in like race in the law and like all these like more analytical like kind of fun classes um that you can't take your third year which maybe sprinkle one or two of those in there. Don't yeah, I took law and pop culture. <laughs> yeah, I, took, I took law and pop culture where I got to watch movies and then we talked about it in the movie sense versus like reality in the legal world. I took trauma advocacy, which was very interesting, but I knew that I was going to do litigation and I needed to be prepared for clients. I didn't plan on doing criminal work, but everybody has their own little little problems. And you need to be prepared to talk to somebody who has those kinds of problems. Um, so I took trauma and I took family law, international trade. So like you had certain, you had like a list of required courses that you had to pick like a couple from and family law was one of those. So I took it as a required course, but I took that over like I could take family law commercial law criminal procedure like all those things so I, the two I picked were family law and commercial law but anyway um, but yeah no I I'm going into corporate law so my like most favorite class of all of law school is for my entire third L year I took um, our negotiation seminar so it's like essentially like real world scenario and you go through like a mock negotiation and that was fun that was like the most fun uh class of law school for sure like I looked forward to going every week and like had my client that I would talk to and all that kind of stuff but um yeah other than that the only like elective class I took was um information technology which is also not super <laughs> fun and exciting but like the most dense classes possible well, I had to I'm going into like a specific realm and so I almost took mergers and acquisitions but it was like an extra on top of my like required course hours to finish and I was like okay I don't care that much yeah that's another thing that you just got to figure out what you're you know your limit when it comes to law because they'll push you past your limit because it's very like high stress all the time or at least my school was high stress all the time like you should be doing I think, the, more. I think one of the most complicated classes of law school and Cass will probably agree as well as some trust oh my god it's, we called it estates but estates bills <laughs> and trust. yes I hate that class. Everyone hates that class. That's like the worst. I took it first semester of my third year, um, but all of my friends took it their last semester of third year. And I was like, that sucks because my last final was security regulations, which is very complicated and tough. But like I'd been in classes like leading up to that class. Wills and Trust is like so complicated and all my friends are doing it as their last final ever. And I was like, that sucks so bad. I took wills trusts and estates my second semester my second year and the pandemic started in the middle so we were like we lost weeks we didn't have to go anymore like she was like I don't know how to work my computer I'm just gonna give you guys a list of notes and go and estates and wills and 
is it's so, so complicated. complicated that reading it doesn't make sense. You have to like visually see how the money moves and where the things go for it to make sense to get to the answer. And it was pass fail. If it wasn't pass fail, y'all, your girl wouldn't be graduating. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I so hard I didn't take any pass fail classes like we had the option to do it but like my grades were like pretty good so I was just like nah keep them and then um (laughs) actually that the semester I took it so first semester of this this year our school announced like a week before exams that they were going to give us one class that we could take as pass fail like still as like a way to help students out and I was like at my parents' house, I had five finals, which is so many. And it was my very last one. And I was like, so burnt out. And my dad was like, shouldn't you be studying tonight? I said, I'm taking it as a pass fail. And he was like, what? And I said, I'm making the decision. (laughs) I was like, I don't care. So I like lucked out in the sense of like, I, I saw my grade and like, it was fine, but I'd already chosen to take it as pass fail. But we had the option of all of your classes could be pass fail or none of your classes could be pass fail. So it was either all or none. And so I was like, you could pick and choose. They that everything. Like you could do all classes. You could do some classes. I chose none. Uh, I don't know if that was a mistake now thinking about it. Cause I know like a lot of people chose none or chose all. And like, I don't know anyway, but then that one semester, you could only pick one. So. Oh, no we weren't offered that again that was the only time so we, we got it actually like our entire class like signed a petition it was like really crazy because people were like it makes more sense if you think about it like obviously like the pandemic when it first started was really hard but you're like thrust into it like we already had a whole semester and almost uh you know half the semester in person whatever the second like full semester that's when everyone was like in crisis, you know, like that's when people had like lost family members. That's when people had like lost jobs and not don't know where to live. Like I was at my parents' house for most of it. It sucked way worse. So our class petitioned asking for like something and they gave, they gave us one. So that was really nice. I feel like yeah the pandemic when it first started it was really it was really hard because you have to get used you're teaching yourself I mean the professors do a really good job but you can't get to them you can't go to their office and knock on their door and ask them to help you you're like the first semester you really were like the first part of doing it you know online which was like in March was we were really like high and dry. Our school waited a few weeks to do it. I was taking, what classes were it? I was taking weird classes. I was taking evidence. I had to do evidence online. I was taking estates. I took white collar crime. I took professional responsibility. I had a strange, I had a strange course schedule anyways. And those all were kind of classes you needed to be in before yeah and I we weren't and so I was like I'm gonna have to take a pass fail because I'm not retaining anything and I I was working a job because I was an essential worker while Mm -hmm. I was there too so I was like I'm my hours got bumped way up yeah so I had to like email there was 
some classes I couldn't even go to because I was like, I'm considered an essential worker. I have to go. I can't go to class. And so I was just like having to teach myself all this stuff. And so I was like, I'm going to have to do pass fail. By second semester, which was last, the beginning of you know, yeah. last yeah. year, I had the hang of it. Yeah. I was like, I'm good to go. Yeah. And so I knew exactly what to do, how to do it all out. And then this past semester, I didn't have any class. So yeah. oh, anyway, um, okay. So basically that was like a very long-winded law school answer of what we recommend. Um, so essentially I think both of us would recommend as long as you know what you're getting yourself into. Yeah, 100%. It's a soft recommendation. Because I think I have come out of the three years uh, way more confident in uh, my brain, basically. Mm -hmm. Like, I I know that I am, I can basically do whatever, (laughs) like, as long as I'm able to learn it. Um, And I think more confident just in general when it comes to, like, speaking and like public speaking and knowing what I want to say and like blah 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 and like just overall more of an adult which goes with years but you know I don't know made me smarter for sure I I would say it did push me out of my comfort zone because I did a lot of things like going into this past semester that I probably never would have done and I didn't know I was capable of doing either I'm also not afraid I think I've kind of been this way, but, like, law school has definitely really, like, pushed me there. It's, like, I'm just, like, not afraid to, like, speak my mind. So, like, in whatever situation, and I think, like, a large part of that is, like, with law school, like, I'll go up to, I don't know, like, I'll go up to, like, a person that works at a store and just, like, ask a question. Like, I don't know. It's just, like, it's... I would say... I think that that's nice. I would say that didn't work for me for law school. I didn't make me, it made, I, I'm not afraid to speak my mind in the essence of I'm not afraid of confrontation. Yeah. I, I will fight you to the bone on something. If I have done my research and I know it's the answer and I know why it's the answer, I will fight you. Yeah. And law school, I'm like, oh, I'm ready to go. I can take somebody screaming in my face. I'm not afraid to tell somebody who's above me or important. No, that's not the right answer. No, you can't do that. And that's something I think is good from law school because another kind of like era, they would pit us against each other sometimes. Sometimes you would have to argue with someone else in class Mm -hmm. and you'd have to be able to stand your ground. And eventually someone's like, okay, that person is right. And so you would have to do that. And I think it, it gave me that. Public speaking, that came later. That wasn't law school. That was just like doing stuff, like giving presentations and things of that nature. Yeah, I always was sort of like, like in college, I did a lot of stuff that required me to speak in front of mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know if it was like law school, but like, I just think it made me more confident in doing that. Like yeah. more confident than I already was in that sense. Yeah. Because I've never really had an issue like, I mean, like, I did, like, orientation and, like, was president of our sorority. Like, I had to talk in front of people all the time, but I don't know. I, uh... Now that I look back at it, I always was running my mouth in front of people, too. I don't know why I'm, like, I'm afraid of speaking. But I did, um... 
I think it also just gave me more confidence in like what I can do. So like, for instance, my job offer, um, I actually talked to like a bunch of the coworkers uh, when I got my offer, kind of just asking questions like about their experiences and stuff, trying to see like if I wanted to accept the offer, which I think is important to do. And I found out not a single one of them negotiated their salary, which is yeah, a lot of people don't. But I did because I think I deserved more because I was coming in, having worked at the firm. They didn't have to hire, like train a new person. Um, I looked up statistics on like other um, people in these kinds of jobs in the area. Um, I calculated out like my student loans and I was like, look, I want you guys to cover the cost of my student loan payment every month. And that's kind of like the argument I went in with. And I had all my reasons backing it up. And my boss was like, you know what? Like, wow, I haven't had anyone have the guts to do this. So, yeah. I mean, a <laughs> lot of things just like, it, they respect it. They yeah. Respect it. And I think you should, because I think you should. I mean, obviously, I think there's a time and a place. I don't necessarily think you should go in if you have no experience and like all this stuff and like, negotiate way above the offer price and like all this stuff but if you know your worth and you know like certain things like that you need and that you want like speak up about it and I think law school really taught me that specifically one particular professor who was just like Courtney you have a way more powerful voice if you just use it I'm like yeah yeah it made I went in with the idea of like okay I'm gonna do I'm like very I'm very nervous I would say that's a good way to put me and as I've gone through law school I've realized Cassie as long as you've done the work you're fine yeah like stop freaking out about like stuff you can't control things you can't do if you just do what because sometimes the weird thing about law is you have to be ready expect the unexpected especially in a lot of the stuff I did because I did stuff where it was like people were gonna question it It wasn't like oh I could have anybody excuse the one direction someone is blasting from their car (laughs) (laughs) um I had to do stuff where I would like go to a meeting and then I'd have people come back and be like well what about this what about this what about this well what about these things and you have to like be able to pull from the top of your head And sometimes I would think like, I don't remember any of this. There's no way I'm going to be able to do it. But a lot of the times you remember it all. Yeah. And you can pinpoint back to something specific and you're like, okay, that's a good question. It won't work because of this one thing or that's a concern. I'll take that concern. I'll look it up. Like things of that nature of having to do. But so basically we came out better people because yeah, I would say it's helpful I have a question things that maybe we should discuss that's not just what do we think law school's like but what do we think of the law school environment mm-hmm. do you like it do you not like it like what we talked about the professors oh but yeah there is like there is like an environment. There's like yeah. the students, and you have the school itself. Like the board wants you to do certain things. Uh, um, I don't want to say anything that's like not. 
Well, I have I have an opinion. Okay. I think, and it was interesting because we read a book called like The Missing Monet or something like that, or Who Has the Missing Monet or something before we went in. And it was a very interesting book because it was like law schools are rats. But there's only one winner of the race. Yeah. Not everybody can be number one. Yeah. And it's funny because in law school, they want you to be the best. Yeah. But it's like, there's only one number one. So you have to remember, remind yourself. It's a lot of self-regulation when it comes to the law school environment. Because it can like eat you alive. I've seen people come in and it like crush them not being number one. I've seen them come in and it, they can't handle the stress and they can't make it to class and they can't do all of these things because you got to know one, your limit emotionally of like, I cannot take somebody screaming and yelling at me or I can't take doing yeah. all the hours at all this class because it's just too much for me. And so I think, yes, I think law school is very competitive and they like pin you against friends and you sort of compete. So like things are based on a curve. So people are less willing to like help other people. Um, Like your best friend could be number 14 and you're number 15 and it's like there's this weird competition between the two of you even though like you're friends and like all this stuff um I think I got really lucky in the sense that we had this like program right before school started where it was like mock law school for a week it's terrible if you're gonna go to my school um talk to me about beforehand because I think it scares the shit out of people unnecessarily but anyway um like I was cold called before I started law school in an auditorium of like 300 people. And I really don't appreciate that. So anyway, <laughs> um, still traumatizing. But in that program, I met like a group of girls who have remained like my best friends throughout law school. Um, and I think that was cool because we didn't really compete with each other. Like I didn't feel that way. Maybe some of them did, but like, I have one of the girls in the group who's like top of the class um and I'm just like proud of her for that but I don't know if like I don't know I don't know if they ever felt competition but I I didn't hang around with the competitor I didn't care about the competition I was like my job my deal here is not to be number one it's to get the degree get out and get the like get a job I want I didn't care about the being number one that I didn't care about it and so it made my life a lot easier than some other people's because I didn't care about being number one. Some people really cared about being number one. And they, I, we got our valedictorian announced to us and everybody was shocked at who it was because we thought it was going to be somebody else because she busted her ass every single day. She wasn't very liked, but she busted her ass every single day. And we were like, oh, she's going to be number one. And she wasn't. And we were all like, oh. Yeah. And she didn't show her and she didn't show her face. I she think there's like a difference between I don't know. There's like being number one, there's law review, which is really competitive. Um there's like moot court and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. I think it's like really important to just make sure that 
like don't let the pressure of other people define how you do law school like do the things that are exciting to you like for me I knew I'm going into like corporate law I wanted to do negotiations um for my third year whereas like some of my friends were in like the more glitzy things so they were doing like the asylum like clinic or you know these like crazy projects but I was like no like something more helpful to my life is going to be doing the negotiation course for the year and like stuff like that so I just think like whatever you're still a lawyer whether you're number one or number like 25 I mean yeah that's the logic and I think you now, also- don't be like last in your class because it really does affect your jobs so yeah I mean put effort in and do the best that you can but don't don't let it define you if you're not like I think I don't know I guess it also depends on who you are because like I know like some of them like most famous like politicians and stuff were like lower in their class but it's like they have connections and like blah blah blah. but like New York City in particular is like the most competitive environment ever for an attorney and so like I'm competing for jobs against people who go to all the top schools in the country but I have people who like, like you can go to my school and get those jobs also. Like if you are performing well and you like show that you like put in the effort and then like go to the networking events and like do all that stuff. Like just because you go to an Ivy League school, yeah, it makes it easier, but like it doesn't mean it's impossible as long as you're you don't have to be number one to get that job, but you need to be like not number a hundred. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, and also I really, and I really, the degree that's a whole nother podcast episode on Ivy Leaders, and I do believe it's a foot in the door having with they see Harvard. No matter if you had a two two at Harvard, your name will be put in the higher stack because it's Harvard. So there is its own little era about that, but also like there are connections at your school. My law school, most of our professors were Ivy League graduates. So like there is a foot in the door that way. They still participate in their Ivy League school stuff. One of my law school professors is literally best friends with Supreme Court Justice. Like they go to dinner all the time. You have connections whether you feel like you do or not. And it doesn't, it's not defined by going to the top 10. (laughs) I think that's important. Like, I don't think my advice to someone going to law school. Okay. I think, oh, that's hard. If you get into Harvard. I'll I'll say it. If you get into Harvard or Yale, that's great. That's great. That's wonderful. It's a very hard school to get into. But your education is still going to be the same, depending on how much effort you put. I also think, like, a lot of the times, like, people I've worked with who do go to those schools, they say they like to hire people from, like, maybe my school or, like, something like that because, like, a lot of the times those people put in more work because they had to work way harder for the job. Um, But I think if you get accepted into those schools, like, definitely super consider that because, like, just the benefit of the name itself, like, I mean, yeah, you're going to have, like, so many opportunities. I don't know. But I think if you're going at like a middle tier school um just go wherever you get the most money that's my advice I would say when it comes to Ivy League schools I would say really think about it really think about it because those are schools you have to pay for like Yale is almost a hundred thousand dollars a year 
to yeah. go to Yale and they are full rides or no money. They don't give scholarships to Ivy League schools. Um, they have to pay for it. Yeah. So I, I would say I, think about it. I mean, I still have like student debt for sure. And I didn't go to the, the place that I got the most money. Like I had a full ride out of state school, but I knew I wanted certain opportunities. So you have to weigh your opportunity cost for sure. And feet on the ground in New York is better than feet not on the ground, but at a middle tier school, if that makes sense. Um, Cause it's definitely like all about location. But I think. Would you have a different, a different approach? Cause you are, New York is like the yeah. most competitive place. But if you can, if you can, if you're, the school is in a location you want to be in, like go with where you have the most money because the debt and stuff is just like not worth it. Like if you perform well and you put the work in, like you're going to get those big jobs too. Yeah. Sometimes, I mean, a lot of places it's familiarity. Yeah. They want to see that you know the area. That's why I'm in Florida is because I needed to get experience in the area because I didn't go to school in Florida. Right, exactly. And they don't want to hire people from up north to come down here because they're maybe they know about Florida. They might if it's like later in your career and like all sorts of stuff, but and Florida requires you to take the Florida bar no matter how long you've been practicing. So <laughs> I would rather start out here and take one bar exam. Yeah. I don't know. I'm taking the UVU though, so that's like the universal bar exam. So like you get a certain score and then you can qualify for the states that accept it. And like there might be other requirements you have to do, but Florida makes you take the Florida portion. You yeah. can take most of the one day Florida bar, but you have to take Florida. Yeah, it just depends on like the state or whatever. But anyway, um I'm pretty sure this is like a super long podcast, so very long, very negative. I have heard it's very it's negative. Not negative. It's like a positive thing. It's just like it's real. It's real. Law school was not a cakewalk. If you put a gun to my head and made me do it again, I would say no. I would say no. I'd be like, it's not worth it. I'll go do something else. Um Hell yeah. I love practicing law, but I will not do this again. No. No, it has nothing like to do with If you could go back, you wouldn't do it again? Or you just, like, want to do it a second time? I wouldn't do it twice. Oh, yes. I wouldn't okay. do it twice. Um, when I, I go I, back, I don't regret the decision. I'm glad I did it. I would mm-hmm. do that again. But if I were like, oh, go to school to get a second JD, I'd be like, hell no. <laughs> I signed up. When I started law school, I was supposed to get a JD and an LLM. Drop that real quick. Drop that LLM so fast. I was not saying it for a year. An <laughs> uh, LLM is like a essentially like a master's degree in a certain area of law, so you can like get that on top of a JD or without a JD. But yeah, it's helpful prof- for international law and if you want to teach. But I- tax law. My professor wanted me to get one in tax law, but I was like, no, I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't do it a second time. I'm glad I did it. I really enjoy the field of law. Some more than others. I'm your con law gal. Yeah, which is so funny to me. I love it. Love it. <laughs> so I am the con law gal. And and people find their like little niches, which is yeah. good. You need to. All my entire group of friends, like we all do different things. So like there's a girl going to be an assistant ADA in the Bronx. There's someone going to work in a big law firm. 
there's me going in-house, there's someone going to work at like a mid-sized litigation firm, like all sorts of different things, all sorts of different areas. But I will say, if you ever need an attorney, we probably know someone who can do it, even if we can't ourselves. So. Yeah, I'm one of those people, I will go ahead and say it, if you are my friend and you are in a dire situation and you need an attorney ASAP, I will give you recommendations, but I will not do it. <laughs> I, will not be here. I will not do it. I don't want to represent people I know because that just muddies the water when I have to be like, you're wrong and I'm not doing it. No, I agree with that. But I also think like a lot of people don't understand like if something <laughs> I had my uncle the other day be like, oh, I'm in jail. Like, I'm calling you. I'm like, no, no, that's not the kind of law I'm doing. Like, I know, all the time. Yeah, <laughs> like I know the basics of criminal law. So like, this is how my professor explained this to me, which I think is very valuable. The idea is me as a corporate lawyer should know how to get a loved one through a night in jail, right? Like, that's basically what I need to know. I need to know if I get a phone call, the steps that person needs to take, and blah, blah, blah. Then I should recommend. <laughs> like, I don't know how to do the rest. I can maybe get you through a bail hearing based on, like, past experiences. But other than that, I'm going to call up one of my friends that does criminal law because I do corporate law. So if you need to have a company merger or sign the employment agreement, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, criminal law is its own little own little thing. And that's something that when people think of law, I think they think of like, I guess, I don't know, maybe it was you. Oh, one. Okay. No, someone said like sexy law. I remember hearing, I, I don't know, but I've heard it. People are like, when people think of law, they think of like sexy law, like yeah. crim law, environmental law, constitutional law, like your civil rights. And then they think of like um, family those big four because it's easy to determine the good that's done by those things criminal law you're either putting a bad guy away or helping an innocent person civil rights you're doing some kind of form of justice making the world a better place family you're helping the little babies when the kids Family law is so hard though law is so hard and then and then with environmental you know you're saving the trees you're helping you know you're saving everything but that's just a small sliver of the world of law there's so many different kinds and not all of it is sexy and not all of it can you determine who the good guy is because there's no good guy or bad guy in law I don't think anybody wins yeah I don't think anybody wins so yeah good versus bad is quite a conversation but I don't know I yeah I don't know my job is definitely not sexy for sure I think it's sexy. <laughs> matter is that you enjoy it. But I, I mean, I think a lot of people, like when you start, if you've met, when you start droning on about law, people's eyes like glaze over. I don't know. I think it's kind of fun. I mean, I think it's fun, but we also, it's our job. Normal people don't care about how far the Fourth Amendment extends to the home or something like that. The fact that I have to like walk into work every day and like a suit with like, you know, like into my corporate office like overlooking like grand central i don't know i think that's cool <laughs> that's a little sexy yeah that's all that matters is yeah. like although like am i sitting in business meetings am i going on like negotiations with large banks yeah which isn't sexy necessarily but I mean, I'm sure if you handed somebody, if you made somebody sit through that meeting that had no interest in that, yeah, they would be like, I would rather never do this again. But 
Does my paycheck look pretty good? <laughs> we did work hard to get paid well. That is the truth. We did work hard so we get paid well. We worked hard. We're getting paid okay, but we also have a lot of debt, so that's an issue. <laughs> and, you know. That's an, that's you know that's another thing. We don't need to get into how unnecessarily expensive secondary it's education. Unnecessarily expensive. I don't know, but I also think I want to end the episode on a pretty important uh, point, mm-hmm. and I think. If you do end up going into law school or any professional degree whatsoever, graduate degree, whatever, and you decide you don't like it, there's literally nothing wrong with that. And I think like that's important. Like I have some of my best friends who um, dropped out like after first year and are now doing other things that make them so much happier. And I think part, I think that's why one, you should really consider before you go because why waste the money? But two, if you do come to that conclusion, leave earlier rather than later. So again, you're not wasting money. You're not having massive gaps in your resume, like all that kind of stuff. And three, like there's nothing wrong with it because the whole point of doing all of this stuff is to like be happy. And so like while law school might have in general sucked, and that's kind of the conclusion we've reached today, we do actually enjoy the careers that we're at least entering into right now. Yeah, like I love litigation. Like, I love that stuff. I think that's great. That's what, that's the kind of law I want to do. I would not do law school again, but I liked the work so much and like certain aspects of classes so much that I was willing to be like, I'll push through the bad because I, the good is so good. But I agree with you that there are people that hated it, hated it the whole time. And they've left law school and they have, no desire to practice law or do anything concerning law they're like I got this degree and I'm gonna go work at a boutique in Boston for the rest of my life yeah and it's like you could have done that without getting the degree like you could have left after your first year and started making money and not incurring all this debt because Mm -hmm. you just you knew you weren't going to enjoy it but then I've seen people leave and come back I've seen I've seen a lot of yeah so basically do whatever the hell you want (laughs) yeah do whatever you want and it's true with like you said with other graduate degrees like there are people that get into a profession and they're afraid of like they're like oh I'm quitting you're not quitting anything not quitting you're not obligated to do anything yeah you're not obligated to do anything unless you signed a contract that says you have to and a lot of the times you can get out of a lot of things you may have to pay up but you can get out and so it specializing man (laughs) contract you may you can get out you may have to pay up so (laughs) you (laughs) there's a loophole somewhere there's a loophole somewhere but you um you're not anything here's my other one last point okay that law school taught me and i think is i think is really cool but it's kind of the nerdy part of me every word matters every single word huh you know every word matters you know what words you can't say in law school you know obviously (laughs) everything matters obviously that word really matters. There is always it depends. Oh yeah, the law school answer depends. Never assume. Never assume unless it says you can. It just depends. No, but every word matters. Specifically in a contract scenario, like 
an a or an and or a the or a they or the want or a will that can change the whole fucking contract <laughs> true with even like litigation if you see like shall versus may if you see this word here and it's ambiguous and it's looped back somewhere else and you're like, ha, that's what this means. That's so what being a player is, is taking everyone's words and twisting them around and finding our own opinions and attempting to make them make sense. <laughs> it's, it's bending things to make them how you want them. In your favor. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes your back's against a wall and you have to argue something so insane. And you're like, you know what? I one time had to argue I was like, you can't ask, on a technicality, I made an argument that said, you can't ask for something you didn't ask for before. (laughs) But sometimes you just gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, this episode was weird. I don't know. It wasn't a super positive episode, but hopefully someone got something out of it, specifically if you're interested in law school. Because I know, like, when I was going to law school, I, like, searched for, like, things about that. Um, if anyone is interested in law school and wants advice on like bar prep and why we chose the ones we chose and like whatever, like feel free to reach out. Um, or like law school in general, feel free to reach out. Um, we don't hate it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to I don't know how to come I think we're just in this weird place right now where like maybe like ten years from now. I don't know. Not even 10 years. You might be able to call me in a year and ask me about law school and I may be able to give you a completely different thing. But it's just like, it's because I'm literally in the middle of studying for the bar exam that I'm like- Like we graduated, but also like, okay. (laughs) It's like, okay. And also, do you, Courtney, Mm -hmm. what is is this word? P-A-R-O-L. Evidence. Say it. Parole evidence. It's parole evidence. I found that out today. What? Parole evidence. This is Every why person, the entire person calls it parole because someone a long time ago mispronounced it. And that it's parole evidence because it is to survive some, it's to aid someone in peril. Oh. It is insane. But, I think because parole evidence makes no sense. Parole evidence makes no sense. Because anyway, it's like taking things. Anyway, that we're going to get into a whole lesson. But this is what I'm talking about. Like, that's why I'm so angry and I hate law school is because it's stupid technicalities and crazy things like that that screw up studying for the bar. Because I'm like, what is this? What is this word? Why is it wrong? What is, what is going on? That's not the word I've heard. That's not the word I learned. And so you have all this stuff. And so, yeah, that's why we're so negative is because... Okay, right now. Next week's episode is going to be more fun. We're going to try to get a guest or something next week, maybe. We don't know, but we'll see. We're very fly by the seat of our pants, if you cannot, if you cannot tell. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We might also, like, we got some surprises coming everyone's way. We do? We do. Okay. June 12th. You're have to tell me later. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I know, I know it now. I'm, I'm tuned into this. I'm like, we do? We have a surprise? We need to end it before it's like four hours long. Yeah. Okay. If you listen this far, Jesus. <laughs> um. Also, Belgian listener never reached out to us, so we're still waiting. Um, yeah. Belgium, let us know. We love you. <laughs> Okay, we're both so exhausted, and yeah. Mm-hmm. If anyone 
has like recommendations on how to get through just like listening to video after video after video all day long um let us know <laughs> Actually, what a weird episode <laughs> see you wednesday <laughs>